0: It's hard to believe I've been in the spoiler room for three years, yet here we are. As I look at my crew, I begin to think about what to do for our third special series of episodes. Then I look at the calendar and realize it's the third week of the month. And I look down at my drink and realize it's the third drink I've had today. After a moment, it hits me like a fist of John Wick. Everyone talks about the first film, but what about the third film in a franchise? So, pull up a chair, grab your favorite drink, and listen in to our third special series of episodes I like to call Third Time's a Charm. And welcome to an episode of the Spoiler Room. It is another third time's a charm episode it's the third week of the month and today i've got a crew with me to help talk about critters three
1: after their first visit
2: call the army they're here who who them
1: you thought they were destroyed But they return.
2: And they're getting bigger.
1: After the second encounter, Ah! you thought the Fuzzy Devils
0: were dead. But you were wrong. You're not as smart as you think you are. The Critters are back. Ah!
2: Ah! Ah! Ah!
0: Ah! They've just rolled
1: into the big city. Oh, safe at home. In search of new neighbors
2: they're aliens
1: aliens in the base
2: you have to believe her they're big they're huge and they're never late for dinner
0: you don't have a gun up here or anything like that how about a
2: meat cleaver what is eating him
0: Critters 3, you are what they eat. Open way. Now, Critters 3, yes, uh, the third installment in the franchise, which pretty much uh, goes as our Critters end up showing up now in a town in, uh, in a uh, building in L.A. and are terrorizing these uh, inhabitants of said uh, apartment complex. And we see how uh, our buddy Charlie shows up and helps the tenants fight the crits who have found their way into a major urban city. Right? That's that's pretty much it. Uh, and oh, and Leo DiCaprio's in it. So... <laughs> So tonight in the room with me to talk about this interesting film, we have Dawn. Hello Don. Hello. Ready to get your crit on? And I'm not talking about your critical Always. role either. Crit
2: happens.
0: <laughs> crit happens, <It> yes. Happens. <laughs> and uh, next to Don is the BFD himself, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Hello Glenn. Hello. And how are you this evening?
1: Uh it's a trick question?
0: <laughs> it is a trick question. <laughs> I plead I plead the fourth. You plead the fourth. Okay. And not quite enough for the fifth. That's okay. No. And so tonight, yes, Critters 3, third in the franchise. Let's just go down and get people's initial thoughts with Critters 3. Glenn, 1991, Critters 3, how do you, uh, what are your initial feelings with this film? Uh...
2: Yeah.
1: Well, Um, yeah. It's as as you said. It's got uh, Leo DiCaprio. It it does. And Nina Axelrod.
0: (laughs) And Nina Axelrod. Yes. So
1: there's Uh, a a big drop in the acting right there from number one (laughs) to number two. And this is obviously before number one was really a number one.
0: (laughs) Ah, yes. And Don, how, how about you for your initial feelings with Critters Three?
2: Um, yeah, Critters Three is definitely the weakest film of the franchise. Hmm. Um, and,
1: I mean, it yeah. really just is a set. It's it's just a setup for Number Four. That's all it is.
2: Exactly. That is all it is. The whole. I mean, yeah. With yeah. I, I I will. Wait to rant about my my thoughts, okay. <laughs>
0: it looks like uh, everybody's going to want to be drinking by the end of the night tonight. Uh, <laughs> this oh, <film>. yeah. <laughs> and Critters three, yeah, it's it's one of those weird th- it's what gets me with Critters three is it was made in ninety one. But, man, this thing still feels like it's completely rooted in its 80s origins. Dawn, how would you say with yep. like, the style of the film? This is not really a 90s film, even though it was shot in 91, is it?
2: No, absolutely not. It definitely, um, from the way people are dressed, the way they talk, everything feel, still feels very 80s.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Uh, Glenn, do you think that was on purpose that they did that uh, so it would fit in with the other two films? Because uh, the other two films, uh, this took a while to make, considering uh, I think what the second one was 88. So Do do I think
1: they consciously made the decision to make it seem like the 80s? I think the only conscious decision they they made of this film was, we're going to make a film. That's where the conscious
0: thinking stopped <laughs> so so I'm gathering you, there isn't a whole lot uh, here that you do care for is there in this one no it, it just it's just
1: I don't know I mean it has a little bit of the humor mm-hmm. that is, is what I enjoy about the Critter series but it's just I don't know it's missing something man. It's just, it's just like.
2: It's, it, I'll tell you what it's missing. I will tell you what it's missing. The entire critters franchise is about Charlie. Yeah. What it is missing, what the whole story is missing, is Charlie. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: That, yeah, because four, it goes back to Charlie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we get,
1: we get. Well, we get Charlie for like you know, uh, a little bit around the thirty-minute mark, and then you know, then he disappears for an hour. And then he shows up, you know, for like the last four minutes.
0: Yeah, which, much. which gets me. We'll we'll dive, start diving into this film. You because. know,
1: like how, how they list Terrence Man the credits before he even appears in the movie. <laughs> yep. He's in the final, he's in the final credits before he's even appeared on screen. Yes.
0: <laughs> that is so true. Uh I was like, wow, I forgot he's in here, and you're waiting, you're waiting, and then the end credits start to roll in. Oh wait, there he is. <laughs> But yeah, let's let's talk about this film opens where we get this family who's traveling um, and it's kind of, again, like I said, with the 80s feel still, you, you've got the dad. He's a widow, so he's having trouble dealing with that. And you've got his headstrong daughter, uh, Annie, who's trying to be the adult. You've got his uh, young son named Johnny, played by twins here because, you know, 80s and early 90s, if you had a kid. You're gonna a very young kid. You're gonna get him played by twins. Uh, it just works out that way. And they they stop at a rest stop where they meet a real like the most cliche yuppie douchebag of yuppie douchebag who who we find out later is uh, uh has more link to the family, which makes me think it's a small world. Uh, Glenn, what'd you think of this? The fact that everybody, pretty much, that it meets up at this rest stop, ends up being involved later in the film.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's how rest stops work, right?
0: Well, yeah, but still, they just the coincidence that they no, were. That's what, that's
1: what I mean. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous.
0: I know. <laughs>
1: I mean, it, it, if I see. If I see or you know more than two cars when I stop at a rest stop, and if I even see a person attached to one of those cars, it's pretty rare.
0: <laughs> and Don, how about you? Did you think it's odd that here we get well because we get the introduction of Leonardo DiCaprio's character Josh, who of course uh, kind of gets friendly with Amy uh, Brooks' character Annie, and his dad is the douchebag. But
2: all these people. Uh, he, uh, let me let me add Vincent Price looking douchebag.
0: Yes, Vincent Price looking douche though he had more of the uh, Eddie Munster douchebag thing going on. I think, uh, but yeah, either one. And and everybody here pretty much meets up later. I mean, come on, really? That that I thought first was the odd in the writing in this. Uh, how do you how'd you feel about this? Where the kids are playing frisbee and they get to meet charlie
2: you know i really throughout this whole movie there was a lot i, I scribbled a lot of notes mm-hmm. and a lot of notes was like god this scene reminds me of this movie this person and the way they're costumed and makeup reminds me of that person from this obscure reference or this person from that obscure reference uh I, yeah, tremendously. It, it was like they took every trope they could think of or any actor that could play a cliché and put it in. Yeah, I mean... And it was... At first, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, uh, all the actors or all the characters meeting up at this rest stop, and I was thinking, you know, if they're just coming back from vacation and they're just outside of L.A., okay, it might while extremely unbelievable might at least be possible. Mm-hmm. But then when they see the sign for Grover's Corners and remembering that Grover's Corner is supposed to be in Kansas. I <laughs> <You> know, right? <laughs> that's just crazy. Yep. That that just takes us from possible to, oh my God. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, continuity is is non-existent here really outside until you get to the very end um yes. if that you know uh, <laughs> which I, which is which is which i struggle with because by the third film you think you'd have this worked out by now but it it felt like they were really trying to do s- continuing that trend of hey it's the third film let's try something different <laughs> Yep. You know, I mean, that's what's interesting of exploring these third films, and that's kind of why I wanted to do it, because this one, really, I mean, Glenn mentioned, he, there is humor in here, but I think what's, even with the elements that you have in here, with the gore in that, and that, and the critters, uh, it it's lost its edge, I think, in this film, uh, and this opening is proof positive, because it's really handled more comical, especially with our introduction to Charlie, uh, who comes popping out of the ground.
2: Um, and, and again, that scene, all I could think of was, oh, they're doing attack of the killer tomatoes and fin letter. Yeah. That's sad.
0: Yeah, especially his getup, too. Now that mm-hmm. uh, it, it, well, and what also got me is he's supposed to be still tracking down critters it's like three years after the events of the second one. And it, Glenn, are critters invisible or something? Because we get critter cam in this who apparently one of them escapes and lays eggs on the inside of the truck that Annie and her family are driving in yet. No one seems to miss it. And it's, they're pretty big in this.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a recurring thing that's happened in a lot of the critter movies where, those eggs are not small and they're really never like well hidden. <laughs> it's just kind of like, you know, it's like, they just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to lay some eggs right here up against this wall and yeah, just leave it there. It's, it's like if someone just like walked around and started placing pineapples, you know, like in your car and you don't notice them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about, that's about how big they are. And you know, it's like, well,
0: Never mind the fact when he's changing the tire and he moves his hand, there's green goo. Yeah, it, that is not natural for a truck. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't bother to look under the truck from where that kid and just like, oh, okay, well that's just really? green, that's just some green goo. Okay, and then as I must said, hit, just,
1: must hit one of them radioactive uh, prairie dogs or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, a bunch of them were running around out there after Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so there yeah. could very well be radioactive Jeez. ground... <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to break that up. You mentioned radioactive ground squirrels, and it just came to mind. Um, just popped in there. But yes, Leonardo DiCaprio, very young in here, and his dad is the douchebag. Not just the douchebag yuppie, but as we find out later... Dun dun dun. He's the douchebag landlord of the apartment building where Annie's family is living, where we're finding people are getting evicted, and we have more stereotypes, don't we, Don? Yeah. Good <laughs> what Lord. kind of stereotypes do we have living in our apartment?
2: Uh, well, the first and most notorious would be Frank the Handyman. And <laughs> You know, you got kind of a cross between Dwayne Schneider from the, you know, the old '70s show One Day at a Time. You remember mm-hmm. that show? Oh yeah. Yeah, some strange mashup between Dwayne and Schneider and Mario. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he kind of reminded me a little bit too of uh, early David Arquette characters. Name one, and it, <laughs> although. Jeffrey Blake who plays the Frank character. I will say as maybe stereotypical as he is, he was rather interesting. I kind of dug his character actually. But I think it's cuz it seemed like there was he was putting his whole effort into this role. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, he was really playing this one up compared to the others in this, but uh what other stereotypes do we have in here, Don?
2: Um Oh, God. We have the oh, uh, the overweight, middle-aged, lonely old lady in a muumuu
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, looking for love and thinking yes. it's Charlie.
0: Because, <laughs> of course, she's going to fall for Charlie.
2: Of course she's going to fall for Charlie. Who else would she fall for? And then, of course, the, the, the trope that can't be missed is the romantic entanglement. Um,
0: With Annie and Josh?
2: No, not with no. Annie and Josh, with um, the dad and with whose name I'm drawing a blank on the dad. The one
0: played by uh, Nina Axelrod. The, the yeah, uh, Betty
1: and, uh, Betty. Yeah. yeah, Betty
0: and Betty. Yeah, Betty and Clifford.
2: Clifford, that's James dad's dad's yeah.
0: Clifford. Poor man.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, the the romance between them because you know that's why Betty is hanging around because she's got a thing for dad.
0: Yeah, but let's also play to the trope that happens in the 90s, early 90s, late 80s. Glenn, Betty is is not exactly feminine is she? <laughs> Do they lead you to kind of believe she might uh you know, be uh that she might not like guys in this film? I just mm-hmm. I just
1: think someone someone like Joe from Facts of Life a
2: lot.
0: Oh sure, just really tomboyish. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I, I very clearly got the she was interested in dad. Yeah, I uh, got
1: that pretty pretty easily too. But uh, yeah, I think someone just they they wanted they wanted to cast uh, Joe and they couldn't get her, so <laughs> they just said act like Joe from Facts of Life,
0: <laughs> but not don't act too much like Joe, but but enough. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, she came up and she is a stereotypical, even the minor character, the guy who's moving out as the family uh, arrives at the apartment, Mario, I believe his name was, was it? Her, uh, the guy who was no, leaving? Yeah. Who, who was the uh, Jewish gentleman? Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, there is so many. Oh, and we can't forget the, uh, my favorite characters though. Uh, Mr. And Mrs. Mangus. Francis Bay playing mrs. Frank uh, Mangus and Bill Zuckert uh, what'd you think about the old couple Glenn? did you did you like them out of this cast of characters um it did give one
1: of the funniest moments when she comes out of the kitchen and she's like how about a meat cleaver
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just got that super meat cleaver
1: <laughs> yeah the kind of like you know that I mean I work. I worked Two summers in a butcher shop. We did not have a cleaver like that.
2: That, that looked more like a poleaxe.
0: axe. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially with her because she's she's a a, a smaller uh, woman. So I mean, that thing looked like it was half her size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do use her husband to help you uh, in case you missed the first two movies. We get her bro- her her husband who is the stereotypical. Conspiracy theorist who helps gives us the story of Grover's Bend and and well you know at least we don't get the the story so far at the beginning of the film. Don, did it kind of seem? Oh yeah, of- we
2: did. Oh yeah, we did. At the beginning of the film, when far- oh, Charlie first yes. shows up, we get that flashback. Right. That's not even in order.
0: That's true. You're right. It isn't yeah. even in order. <laughs> I forgot about the Charlie flashback. You're right
2: oh, it was awful.
0: That that was awful because it wasn't even yeah. You're right; it wasn't edited in the right order because I was watching it going, "Wait, that the house that happened the
2: second movie." Yeah, but wait, now the first movie again.
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like no, no, the bunny dying, bunny guy dying doesn't happen till the second movie yet. You're showing that first, but then you're showing the house second. What the hell? <laughs> it's
2: like, yep.
0: And then we get the conspiracy theorist who, who uh, uh, you know, enforces this fact that Grover's uh, been had all this crazy stuff happen. Um, and meanwhile, Annie's trying to be the adult of the family. Uh, and yeah, this cast of characters now the Curtis show up and uh, they started out. Correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but did they start out larger in this one than they start out in the original? When they first are born because they seem pretty damn big pretty early in this film the critters
2: you know maybe just a little but Mm -hmm. i i didn't particularly notice this one Mm -hmm. um maybe a little though um oh man i know i'm because i'm thinking now about the fourth one Mm-hmm. And in the fourth one, when they're first hatched, they are way tinier. And in this one, I definitely think they're they're bigger. They just seemed like
0: sc- Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. They definitely <laughs> got bigger in this one, though.
0: Yeah. Glenn, would you agree the that... The size that of small dogs. They were the size of small... or basketballs. Almost. Yeah,
1: I, I think they definitely are bigger. And mm-hmm. and I guess like scorpions, their venom when they're larger is... Uh, Is is not as potent because their little sleepy darts didn't work anywhere near as well as they had in previous movies.
2: No, they just made them seem drunk. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that that threw me off too. I'm like, oh wait, they okay, these this seems a little different. Um (laughs) but you your critters in here as well. Now critters always was kind of likened to Gremlins, but I think this film is the one where it most is ripping off Gremlins, namely with the one critter that ends up getting the bleach. Glenn, were you getting a Stripe vibe at all from Oh, here?
1: God, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh, and, and Don't get me wrong, folks, there are some horror elements in here. I mean, you do get some gore. You you do get some red glowing eyes and and they're biting people. I mean the way uh was it the way Frank gets beefed I thought was wasn't too bad. But then we get scenes like the kitchen dawn with the critters and what are they doing?
2: the the, the, the note that I specifically wrote was gratuitous scenes of mischief. Yes, <laughs> if ever
0: there was an example of a gratuitous scene of mischief, uh, the, the the
2: the eating of the chili. Come on, really? I mean, there there was that whole sequence there where the gremlins eating the chili and farting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the one drinking the
0: the one So-to. drinking
2: the dish soap. hmm Was he supposed to be getting drunk on dish soap? Is that what that was supposed to be implying? I was really not clear on that. I don't know, Glenn. What? Yeah, imp- I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> gratuitous scenes of mischief. I'm, 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 I'm just going with that. Yeah. So, yeah, there were, there were these gratuitous scenes that didn't make a whole lot of sense except for to be filler and to maybe mm-hmm. be cute or funny.
0: Well, because a critter wearing a bra on his head is funny. Sorry. <laughs> There's a bra joke in here, which I was like, wow, this thing hits so many tropes. Yep. Oh, my Lord. It was like Trope City. And, you know, everybody's kind of putting their all into this. And and that's the thing is, I, I think... I don't think it's the lack of trying by the char- by the actors. I think all the actors in here are putting forth a decent effort in the characters they are, but I think it's the, the the script of this film that just where it falls really apart and you feel bad for these actors. Glenn, would you say that the Glenn that the actors put their all into it, but it's just the writing of this film that really is where it starts where it's weakest? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, um. Yeah, it's. I don't think they even had a full script. I think they just had a script and they just couldn't afford the last two letters, and they just left them off because yeah, this is it's just it doesn't feel complete and it's mm-hmm. it's like the actors. Are, I mean, it's I can almost picture them when they're not like you know, uh, Annie Brooks. You know, played Annie like delivers yeah. a line. And they pan over to you know to the to the overweight woman, and off camera she's just shrugging, going, "I just don't know." <laughs> just, every, everyone every time they're not in camera, you can just imagine they're just shrugging, and shaking their head.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the script just just seemed to be nothing filled with not only trope your cliches too. I mean, how cliché is that to have the landlord trying to evict, trying to force the people out of the apartment building so he doesn't have to pay them to relocate. I mean, that that was kind of a common theme, especially in the late 80s, wasn't it, Dawn?
2: Yeah, it was. There were entire movies, I mean, aside from this one, there were several <laughs> movies dedicated specifically to this theme. Hmm. Um,
0: well, not only that, but... Uh, What's that extra added cliche, the reason? What was he going to build in place of the, the apartment complex? It was like a mini mall or something. Yes, right? a yeah. mini mall. How... <laughs> yeah. if, if there was any enemy that carried over from the 80s and the early 90s, it was it was development of mini malls and yuppie guys, uh, slumlords. And this had it all. It was like... <laughs> your top top biggest cliches of the time all thrown into this film but yet the story is just so thin like you said glenn it really felt more like an outline like okay we're gonna have a scene here uh with them doing something and then okay they say some lines she's gonna have drama because her dad is dealing with her mom passing away, which they never even established right away what his job was. Did did I miss that? We don't no. really even find out. I mean, he's got a uniform. He's saying he's going on the road, but yeah. Was I off? Did they not really establish at all what his job was for most of the film?
2: No, they didn't for most of the film. I, you know, when I watched it again <clears throat> yesterday, I, I was specifically watching for that because they, they were – at first I'm thinking, oh, he must be an over-the-road truck driver or something. But then uh, about halfway, two-thirds of the way through the film, it's established that he's a, a train engineer or something. Yeah. It, and that
0: threw me because uh, I thought he was an over-the-road truck driver too, which would have made sense. Then he pulled out that uniform and i'm just like what's with the bellhop uniform? Yep. <laughs> but but it was for the train so he wasn't even an engine i mean they I, was he an engineer even? I don't know. Uh but oh, i they, don't
2: know. They didn't they didn't get the quite that far into the details.
0: Well no, but i mean they were still playing with that cliche of the single parent of, you know, leaving the teenager to be the adult <laughs> of the family um which it's a bit of a tired cliche by this point in 91. <laughs> the whole uh, single parent storyline, but it would still be prominent for quite some time. But um, yeah, and the special effects, though, I thought I liked the, the critters. I thought the practical effects on the critters were decent. Glenn, how'd you feel about the effects in here overall, <laughs> especially with the uh, puppeteering of the critters? Fine. I mean, the critters themselves,
1: I think you'd have to try to to fuck that up.
2: <laughs> I got one word for you:
0: hmm.
2: tribbles.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. they're tribbles. Didn't they
2: remind you of tribbles?
0: With teeth, with big, huge, gaping. Yeah, a bit.
2: Well, it's
1: it's tribbles and fizgig had some kids.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Like I said, I, every, I was seeing so many things taken from different movies in this, and I I, I couldn't make it stop.
0: <laughs> it, it's just hard not to, especially if you watched enough of the horror films or just films in general from that time period. You're looking at this going, wow, this, this just feels like a whole bunch of other films. Uh, you know, and why can can what someone ask answer me how exactly did the thing start on fire <laughs> I, I, um that was from the the building you mean yeah, the bill I know the the critter got hot, but why was he hot
1: because they stuffed a, he. they threw a flare in his mouth,
0: oh, that was the flare critter, okay, that's right, yeah. all right, yeah,
1: then he filled down the laundry chute, and yeah start the laundry on fire.
0: And then they have the slowest burning building in history. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I,
1: lo- I love that too. It's like, so wait a minute, you have a, an apartment building and people just throw their laundry down a chute? Well, I, for the handyman I, to... to... Yeah, the handyman does their laundry? And then, okay. I,
0: I, well, I don't know. Maybe At first I thought maybe each room had its own chute. You know and, and that it would land in their particular basket, but that just landed on top of a table, and she didn't like go down there to claim it. So how the heck would you even know uh, what, la- you know, whose laundry is what?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: See, and it, folks, if <laughs> you don't get the point, it, you you got a movie like this. We shouldn't be wondering about the laundry, but this film that pops into your head because. Your brain doesn't have anything else to really think on in this, you know. Um, and you know, Leo in here, it, it, the shtick for a while. Uh, I know the big thing for a while was the fact that Leo was in this film for about you know a short amount of time. Uh, though I, I like Leonardo Caprio even when he was younger, but um, he, he, his character was even a bit cliche though. Uh,
1: yeah, but also remember, I mean. This was like his first movie role.
0: That's yeah. You know, uh, was this this was before Gilbert yeah. Grape? Oh, yeah. was okay. I, f- I kept thinking it was after Gilbert Grape. No,
1: this was like two or three years before Gilbert Grape. Oh, yeah. Okay. All he had done. I mean, he, yeah, had, this... he had He'd been on like uh, Roseanne. Oh, and that's
0: Fairwood. great. Yeah, he was on TV shows. That's why. Okay, that's right. And after this, he'd go on to be uh, in Poison Ivy. Uh, so, and, and then yeah what what even Gilbert Grape would have been two years later so uh, which was a big jump uh, but I guess it shows you folks why I like horror films because even your biggest named stars seem to have gotten their uh, start in B horror films and I think Critters 3 could definitely be considered a a B horror film uh,
1: if we're being generous,
0: if, if we're being generous, the first two, yeah, this one just, I, it's almost like when they wrote this, they didn't get the first two films. Um, and uh, I don't know uh, what, Don,
2: <laughs> you know, I, I think they, I think that you had it right before. It's not that they didn't get the first two films, um, but. This film, or was it Glenn that said this? This film was simply a setup for the fourth film.
0: Glenn, Glenn mentioned There's,
2: They were trying to do... Um, the first film was... The first one was semi-serious. Um, it had a lot more serious undertones, and was there was a lot of horror comedy. There was a lot of comedy to the horror comedy. The second one was more comedy but the this one they were trying to pull away from what they had done previously mm-hmm. and it just it just failed and the the second i'm sorry the third and fourth films were were filmed back to back so yeah i i they i don't know what they were trying to set up except for to pull the critters away from Kansas and see. Oh yeah, they're spreading. So now it's okay to kill them again. Not so it's okay to hunt them or get the uh, bounty hunters back to Earth or whatever. Right. But um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure what they were going for because if you look at the way this film is and the way it ends, uh, which we'll talk about this ending in just a little bit. Uh, but. It is a setup for the fourth film, but you could almost take these end credits and that sequence and just make it the beginning of <laughs> the beginning of four and have three decent films rather than having this one nestled in the middle, which, you know, I mean, again, everybody did well, but uh, the script, it just, yeah, it, there's not a lot here. It's just going from kind of like shtick to shtick. And I could easily see them doing it in such a way where Charlie, you know, where we catch up with Charlie and he's hunting like the last few crits and he, he finds eggs and boom, then he gets the announcement that, oh, hey, uh, you can't do that. But you could have done that all in a setup at the beginning of uh, four and not done three, <laughs> I think. Anyway, Glenn, would you say that you could probably get away with that and and you because 3 really adds nothing at all? Yeah. I mean, uh, I I think it would make for a better film. <laughs> for 4, actually. Uh, it'd flow a little better, at least. And what about this end credit sequence? Wow. To date it, the way they did with the freeze-frame credits. How about those freeze-frame credits, Glenn? You know, everybody talks about, oh, mid-credit sequence. But this one was... A long sequence, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Uh, just and that that's the thing is as I said this is a setup for four and that whole sequence quiz is just them slapping their dick in your face telling you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just waste an hour and a half
1: of your time.
0: Here's the real point of this film. <laughs>
2: Complete hmm. with
0: sound effects. That's fan, That's fantastic. Now I have that mental image. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> I will never be able to watch Critters 3 again.
2: I, I, yeah, you won't be missing out.
0: I, I, though I don't think I will be missing out, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, this isn't a a highly deep movie uh, at all. And it's unfortunate because I really dug the first two, but this one, it felt like they didn't know, you know, had they done something, it would have been cool as if they would have had it where since you're playing with cliches, Hey Don, how about we have it where the eggs get into the sewers? How about that for number three, how that ends? And then that, that, sets up a huge critter manifestation in L.A. Wouldn't that be kind of a cool setup rather than this just kind of going right to back to space?
2: I I think the intention was always to get him to space, back Mm -hmm. to space. They just really did a bad job of it. I, 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 I don't know that... I think if they had allowed... As the story in setup goes, I think if they had allowed the critters to... Like infest the sewers and do a crazy out of hand thing. Mm-hmm. They would never have gotten to space or we would have had a couple of other lame movies before going to space.
0: Well, we could have had a other lame movie, but at least it would have been on a bigger scope and made it feel a little bit better that they brought the critters to the urban area because, uh, you know, it's they don't even add really anything to the outside of that credit sequence. They don't really even add anything to the critters. The critters don't have like a different ability now or something like we get with some sequels with your favorite creatures. Oh,
2: you know what? I j- just speaking of different abilities, mm. you pointed out that the critters seem to be, or Glenn pointed out that the critters seem to be losing their, um,
0: the, po- potency the, poison, poison the potency of their poison. The potency of the
2: poison. By the fourth movie, they no longer have poison darts that they. Oh, spoiler. Um... <laughs> <laughs> nice one. I like that. <laughs> um, in the fourth movie, <laughs> they no longer even have poison darts that they. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the critters are evolving. Um, and. Maybe I'm grasping at uh, apparently porcupine spikes here, um maybe that's kind of the purpose to to show that they're becoming more ineffectual,
0: yeah, that's, I'm really grasping wow that's that's reaching that's mm-hmm. that's like plastic man reaching arm uh, there.
2: <laughs> no, no, I think I, I love this franchise I do i i I really trying to find the positive, it's hard.
0: Well, you do still, even though we only get for like five minutes, we do still get the Don Keith opera, uh Charlie character showing up in here, who I, I just, I always love this character, even though we don't get him much here. I, I enjoy his character quite a bit because it reminds me a bit of, if this was, film was made like 20 or 30 years earlier, it'd be played by Don Knotts. i could almost see don Knotts playing the charlie character glenn how about you Uh, did did you at least like the charlie character for the few minutes we uh get him did you still like him no no
1: i I didn't because of the fact that it's them again telling you this is what you could have had but you didn't get it
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're just teasing you they're like Oh see You could have, have
1: had it. a fun movie, but instead we gave you Nina Laxarod playing uh, someone who you might think is a is is a uh lesbian but isn't because she likes Clifford, and the she, big red dog. And
2: <laughs> yeah, I
0: just uh and she now, hangs out She hangs upside down for most of the film, too, in her... Because she works for the phone company. Yes, folks, this is before the age of cell phones, though the yuppie dad does have a car phone. Another cliche. Uh, she, She tries to go... While the building's on fire, she tries to go get the redundant phone cable and ends up hanging upside down for, like, the rest of the film. It's like we get this character set up, and she doesn't do a whole lot. It but a lot of them do that that's what's kind of sad it's like why do you even have these characters in here you know except to be fodder i guess for the critters um but yeah i, would, uh, I don't know i think uh, we'll just wrap it up here we'll just cut the episode a little short tonight cuz there's not really a lot here i i i had fonder memories of this movie when i watched it previous you know i mean it does have, have a lot of the fun stuff if it was by itself, maybe. Um, but it's not. So you do have other movies before it who have set up this world and, and these critters, and it just seems to it just seems to fall by the wayside a bit in this as just to be a setup film. So we're gonna wrap it up early tonight and you'll probably guess everybody's uh, tone, but since it is that type of episode, we are going to still do our little segment here at the end of these special episodes of is the film a third time? Is it a charm with critters three? You'll probably guess what everybody's guess is, but uh, we'll go down the line anyway, Don, your final thought is critters three a third times a charm.
2: Decidedly not. The mm-hmm. thing, as I, as I mentioned before, the the most the heart and soul of the whole franchise is the Charlie character and his relationship with Ugg and Lee. And considering that that's missing from this entire film, except for the little tease that we get, um, makes it decidedly not a charm. Mm-hmm.
0: And Glenn, how about you? Third time's a charm for you with Critters Three. Oh, do I need to reiterate? No, you, you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> what about if it was by itself? Would it be a little more tolerable? Do you think?
1: So okay, so then it's you know it's then they're just uh, poking me in the ear once with it as opposed to slapping me in the face. It's still, <laughs> it's still nothing I want to enjoy.
2: Well, and, and, and two, if you take it out of the Critters franchise, then it's a, in addition to being a Gremlin's ripoff, it's possibly a Ghoulies ripoff or, you know, whatever. It's, well, it's, they,
0: they don't have them coming out of the completely unoriginal. They don't have them coming out of the toilet. Pardon me? So they don't have them coming out of the toilet. So I don't think they'd be a Ghoulies ripoff. They'd have to come out of the toilet to be not just kidding. <laughs> There's got to be a toilet scene, otherwise I'm not I'm not sure about that argument, Don. Um, the toilet
2: scene was in one of the previous movies.
0: I know, <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, for me as well. Uh, I enjoy it by itself. I, I enjoy even some of the cliches. I, I admit it, but I do completely recognize it is the weakest of the series. And it is just a setup for four, unfortunately. And the, the, the the part that's probably going to appeal the fans the most is the end credit sequence, which in all honesty, for all the effort, everyone put into this film, you could just fast forward to that end credit sequence. You won't miss a thing. (laughs) And it'll lead you to part four and it'll save you about an hour and a half worth of time, I think. So, unfortunately, while I enjoy it on its own, as far as in context with the rest of the series, third time is not a charm for this series. Um, yeah, I it's got elements I enjoy, but yeah, it's, it's just there. So if you're a fan of the franchise, or if you catch up on the first two films and you're wondering if you need to see the third film, Watch the last few minutes of the third film, and you'll be all right. But if you're kind of looking for that period piece, you don't mind your lot of cliches, and you want to see your very young Leonardo DiCaprio in his first film in action, Uh, then you can watch Critters 3. It's PG-13, though there is quite enough blood for PG-13. More blood than you see now in a (laughs) PG-13 film, (laughs) which is kind of... Interesting, but and that's a whole nother topic altogether. So, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, did not expect this uh, movie to go the way it did, but it did. And so, <laughs> we are going to wrap it up tonight. I'm going to have these fine folks tell you where they can find you at when, uh, find them at when they're not here. So, go ahead, Don. where can they find you at when you're not here?
2: You can find me in the audience.net.
0: And Glenn, how about you? Where can they find you at?
1: You can find me at the B-Movie Bunker on YouTube with Guy in a Bunker Productions. Also on Facebook, you can follow me at uh, guyinabunker.com or check out my gaming podcast that I do with the wonderful Brad Ludwig on gncast.com, the Adventure Party. Or just follow me on Twitter at Guy in a Bunker.
0: Awesome. And find links for all their stuff at SpecialMarkProductions.com for uh, all your stuff that I work on. If you're curious at all, you can go there. You can find uh, links to the Final Cut movie reviews. You can also uh, find the archive of the Spoiler Room podcast where you can find back episodes of our Third Times a Charm special, our other specials, and all our episodes right there on specialmarkproductions.com but please also subscribe to us on iTunes like us comment uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts any ideas you'd like to have for us to talk about on the show be very interested in that as well so we appreciate you listening tonight thank you so much folks and now uh, say good night everyone
2: good night everyone
0: good night okay now we're going to freeze and now we're going to go
2: Okay. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. <laughs>